Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Just a big welcome to you, a big, big welcome to you. Um, you know, this is the second service that we've done today. This is actually the fourth service we've done this weekend as global around the country. How good is it to say that? Done one on Clifton in York on Friday night. We were down in London yesterday evening, here this morning, and here again this afternoon. And uh, hope you're feeling Christmassy. Hope you. If not, then we're making you in that Christmas mood. I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of a. I'm not an early adopter of Christmas. I thought it was brilliant that I didn't hear any carols. In you know, I used to go to Argos September. I said, man, I'm, I'm a right Scrooge when it comes to that sort of thing. December is appropriate. So, and it, it's, um, just, just to let you know, like, uh, me and my wife, Chantel, who was playing the keyboard, but she disappeared. She's there. Can't see anyone. It's brilliant. Um, we, uh, we're one of the leaders, leadership couples here. We look after um, the churches in York under our senior leaders, Dave and Shelley. And Shelley's actually in the kids. She's an amazing, amazing person. She's in uh, with the, the kids' parties, which is where the real fun and games is. <laughs> and uh, Dave is over in Tanzania in Africa, um, sends his best wishes, says hello to everyone. But um, we're a global, we're, we're trying to be a global movement of churches that we plant churches, not just here in York or in London, but across the world. And he's been meeting with, uh, I think, eight couples in, from t- uh, Kenya, Tanzania, other African countries are available. Um, um, but specifically those two, they're neighboring. Um, but he's sent a video to us yesterday, he's having a great time, meeting those are great people. Like, you know, hamming it a bit, showing us all the palm trees, and they're there in shorts and a t shirt, and we're like yeah, freezing our butts off. And um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's where Dave is. He's back next week. And um, if you've not been to church before, we always say in global, it's a bit, it can be a bit weird, especially this kind of church. If you're not used to this kind of church where it's not like wooden pews all laid out in an old building, and um, you know, a guy with a cassock on, and all that sort of traditional stuff. And we say it's a bit like learning French, you know, like the first time you go into a a language class, it, it's a bit weird and you don't really get it, but after a time you suddenly realise that you're starting to understand what we means and like, yeah, and all these other important <laughs> words that you need to learn. So it's my honour and privilege just to, to speak to you a bit this afternoon. And, um, you know, I made a decision uh, 12 years ago, I was invited, to, 13 years ago probably, I was invited by some friends to come to, our, to this church, I wasn't a Christian, and I'd come every now and then, I came at Christmas and then... The guy said, one of the guys that was leading through like, like Vicky is today, said, why don't you come every week? And I made my New Year's resolution that year, 2007, that I was going to come every week. And I did, and it's changed my life. And I want to encourage you guys to do the same thing. Give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Like, <laughs> your life may well get changed. It probably will. <laughs> Hopefully will. Um, because it's a powerful, powerful thing uh, when that happens. And do you know what? Maybe come next week or the week after, because we're going all the way through Christmas this year. Because do you know what? Apparently, if you start your resolutions early, you're more likely to keep them. That's a fact. I just made that up. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. But um, anyway, let's get down to it. Have you ever noticed that as, as humans, like, we're really good at making things complicated, aren't we? And we're really good at making the simple things especially complicated. Christmas is no exception. We've become experts at making Christmas really complicated. Just think for a minute, if you will, about the 12 days of Christmas, that song. There's a lot of wildlife involved. <laughs> think about that. How, what? Where does this person live that my true love can get all these things in? 
and then and you're trying to remember the songs and, and like the twelve and the, the first day partridge in the pear tree and I'm not going to go through it all but uh, there's seven maids of milking is it and uh, six ones are swimming I can't, but then at the one bit everyone does know five gold rings yeah we all love that bit and then they go yeah that's how it goes that's how it, the twelve days of Christmas goes do you know what there's there's a website that basically they they've added up the value of all those gifts of the twelve days of Christmas and they put it into the modern sort of currency. And if you added all those gifts up, it would cost over £30,000 in today's money. They took something that was one day, made it into 12, £30,000. A lot of Christmas presents. It's okay, how rich you are. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's, we've complicated the simple. Another Christmas thing that we're good at complicating is the nativity. Anyone been to one this year? Put your hands up, I can see some of your nativities. My kids are too young just now, but it's coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Andy's just talked passionately about it this morning in the first service. I'm looking forward to it. But some of these nativities, you go to them and it, you see the clips of them, and uh, the, you know everyone's got a role. I, I remember I was, I was the rear end of a donkey in the nativity. And you know what? I was pretty lifelike because I was actually sick while I was the rear end of the donkey and like, dropped some stuff, some mess on the floor, let's just call it that, but, uh, when I was about seven. But, you know, carried on. I think the irony was we'd done a special performance just for the cleaning staff at the school. <laughs> like, but yeah, I didn't want to leave them disappointed. But, um, you know, it becomes this huge thing. Everyone's got a role. Just look at this picture. Put this first picture up. Here's an nativity scene. So who have we got here? We've got Star Trek, Commander Riker, and uh, what, uh, the, the counsellor. T-Rex is there, popped in. Three Darth Vaders. Yeah. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted are there from the time machine. And Batman's popped in, because superheroes like to acknowledge the real superhero. But you see what they think? It becomes so complicated, we add to it. And we add to it, and we add to it, and we add to it. And, you, and you, get, you just get this, and it's just like, well, it's just, you know, this is comedy, get it, it's tongue-in-cheek. But like... This is what happens where we just added to something that was really, really simple. And here's the thing. God takes the most complicated of things, like how we can be rescued by him, and he makes it really simple because he put a baby in a manger in a small town in the Middle East. And we make that complicated by adding Ewoks, elephants, polar bears. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, just, it's just what happens. Just put the second picture up, if you will, do Alex. So here we've got like a bit more traditional... One. And I don't, I don't want to play Scrooge to you here and just like mess up your Christmas because that's not really what I'm here to do at all. But just to say a few things about it, there was, there was no snow. It's the Middle East. <laughs> tends, tends not to snow there so much. Um, actually, Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. Um, but, you know, so it's not snowy. But also, if, but if we ask if there's no snow, then where does the sleigh land, Right? And then here we've got the, the three kings up on the right, and uh, they're often there in the scene, but you know, they took about a year to get there, in actual fact. They weren't just like, they weren't just like, like Riker didn't just beam them down from his Starship Enterprise. You know, they, they had to get there. But all that takes too long for us to, to comprehend and, and, and to understand. And so we condense it all together. We mix it all up a bit, throw in a bit of Bill and Ted, throw in what we think would be good or whatever it is, T-Rex. And the thing is that when we've made everything so complicated, we can forget how powerful the simple, actual message is. 
And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe this Christmas you're a planner. You've got it all planned out. You've had it planned out since October. You're, you're one of those people that like rings and goes, what do you want for Christmas? Like, you know, you thought about it months ahead, which is brilliant. You've got your list of what you're going to get for people and also what you want, but in that order, right? Because it's better to give than receive, yeah? Or maybe not. Maybe if you've not done anything, you're not too, you're not too fussed about Christmas, you know? Like, maybe, maybe it's the other way. You've got all your family coming or you're going somewhere and there's just going to be a whole gang of you. Or maybe you're not seeing anyone and it's sort of a quiet time. Maybe financially, it's just a, it's a tough time of year for, for many of us. Maybe financially, it's a big stretch even just to get a train ticket to go and see that special person at Christmas. It's important to know what the most important thing to all of us is at Christmas, because I think that Christmas speaks to everyone. And I want to suggest to you this afternoon that we get rid of the complicated. I'm sorry, Batman was not there. And concentrate on the simple. So just put this simple picture up, the the third one. This is it. The simple view of the manger. Just three of them. The mother, father, and child. Mary, Joseph, Jesus. It's simple. It's that simple. And in this picture is all that we need in life. It's all represented there. So I've got four points that we're going to go through for what we need in life from this picture, from the, from the Christmas story, and then we're going to move on. Is that all right? So the first one is this, love. We all need love, and not just love, what we call unconditional love. We know that we tend to feel good about what we've done, right? We, You've done something good, you've helped that person across the road, you've done something nice to someone, we feel good about it, yeah? Uh, um, or what we have, you feel good when you've bought something nice and you kind of feel like there's that, there's that chemical that goes off, I can't remember which one it is, but like when you buy stuff and it releases uh, chemicals in us and, and it makes us feel pleased and proud. And you know, this week we've just got a, a brand new car and, and it's brilliant, I'm really, really grateful for it. It makes you feel really good. And then the garage did this whole like theatre thing where on the morning, they sent me a video of it, like, like a commentary video. Good morning, Tom. This is your car. This, this is how the door opens. Like, it's amazing. Like, and then when we got there, it's all wrapped up in this, like, like not sheet, but like a cover. It says, I'm waiting to go home on it. And it's all brilliantly staged. And, and you're like, oh, it builds the excitement. And, and then Shantz, my wife, she got to unveil the car. <laughs> and uh, it's brilliant. Because it, it makes you feel special, yeah, when all that sort of stuff is going. This is why... You know, why is it special to go to Betty's and not just, just get a, like a cup of instant coffee at home or a cup of tea? Because it's the experience of what we're buying into. It's, it's the experience of what's... I'm sure, it's really, really good quality as well, but there's, there's a whole experience that makes you feel good. It all makes us feel good. It makes us feel excite, excited. It makes us feel proud when we've helped people, when we've got something nice. We're proud of what we've got. You know, that, proud that we got a new car, I was really annoyed yesterday in London, not even a week old, some flipping blight has clipped the wing mirror on it, Londoners, if there any in, you know, you, it wasn't them, but, um, but you know what, unconditional love is brilliant, it's different, sorry, unconditional love is brilliant, but it's different, God loves every one of us unconditionally, to God, it doesn't matter what we own, or what we've done, he just loves us because he created us, now, who, know, who knows about NORAD? NORAD website, does that ring any bells? The NASA thing, you can track Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Christmas Eve, yeah? You know it? You can, you can speak back, it's like, yeah, yeah. So every Christmas you can log on, and like, I looked the other day and it's not ready yet, because obviously it's not set off. But like, you can track and see online where Rudolph and Santa are on a journey around on the radar. 
and, and we see them getting closer and closer. And it's like, oh, they're crossing Holland. <laughs> they're coming that way. And they're coming over. And, and they, they, they've hit East Anglia. And they quickly go through there. Cause like, and they're heading over. And, and, and like kids, they love it. It's great. Builds the excitement for what's coming, yeah? yeah. Christmas, it's on the way. We, it builds that excitement about what's coming. But here's the thing. I, got a, I hope I'm not disappointing you by telling you that we're not celebrating flying animals on our radar screen this Christmas. What we are celebrating is that every one of us is on his radar. We're on God's radar. All of us. That's what we're celebrating. God doesn't just see us. He loves us. He loves me and he loves you. He loves you not because of what you've done or what you own. It's not because of who you know even. He loves you. He created you. We all created in what's called Imago Dei, the image of God. And we're, we are uniquely us. You know, there's no one like you. You might do the same job as someone else. You might be a twin. You might be a triplet. You might be a quadruplet. I don't know how big they go. But like, you are uniquely you. There was no one like you. Life is precious. Every one of us matters to God. The Bible says this in Jeremiah in the Old Testament. It says, before I formed you in the, wo- in the womb, I knew you. Every single one of us is an original. God doesn't do photocopies of people. You are an original. We're a one-off. And he loves us unconditionally. Do you remember the, the song by the, the Black Eyed Peas we listened to yesterday, Where is the Love? And you can look around in the society today and you can go, yeah, where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? You know, social media, we just had an election and it's still not died down because everyone's angry or pleased. And they were angry or pleased before the maybe slightly or switch sides of where they were angry or pleased. And, and it's like, where's the love, guys? Like, come on, this is, you know, I don't want to get political, but I think is it 70% of the manifestos are exactly the same, something like that. Like, if you actually bother to read them, the problem is none of us do. Um, but um, go and read them next time. But, like, you look around the world and we wonder, like, what's going on? Like, the, the world's, like, broken. I don't want to be too negative at Christmas time, but you see there's fighting, there's this, there's fallouts, there's this, there's, there's people that's not, not sure who they are anymore. People that are searching, searching for, for identity in themselves and who they are. And he's got to say, where is the love? And it says this in, in the Bible, in the New Testament. It says in 1 John, it says, Dear friends, let us, want, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, because God is love. God is love. It's a bit, we don't want to get too wordy, but it doesn't say God loves, it just says God is love. He doesn't just love, he is love. And you know that in all the tensions that are going on around the planet at the minute, all the disputes, all the fallouts, you know that the solutions to those tensions are not found in just individuals. They're found in individuals that have been found by God. So we need to know what love is, and if you, if you find God, you can feel, you think you know love. It's like before I had kids, I thought I knew what love was and then I had kids and he realized there's a whole new level to what it is to love someone else like I love my wife but then, then my kids are born thinking flip me this is like even when they're like we came back from London at quarter to three in the morning and we were greeted by our two-year-old <laughs> hello daddy <laughs> like we've got to be up at like three hours anyway like flip me and it's like but you still love them like and then the other one's up as well and we're like split into two teams and that's how we do it and uh, I get the easier one 
um, apparently, <laughs> allegedly. It's just that I've got better calming techniques. Anyway. I'm, not, I'm not bragging, but... Um, <laughs> love isn't just a nice feeling. It says again in the same uh, chapter, just spinning on a little bit, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Can I suggest this afternoon that if you want to know love today, then we need to see a God who was willing to enter humanity so that we could see, hear, and know him. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. So my first point was that, love, unconditional love. Second point is grace. We all need it. If you don't know what grace is, grace is stuff we don't deserve, but we get it anyway. We can't live without it. It's, it's that, that hold that we get from people when we've, when we've annoyed them. And they hold back and you think they just, you know, we talk about having a grace bank that you need to pay into that bank sometimes so that when you do go and be an idiot and, you know, they're not just like whacking you, that there's a forgiveness thing that goes on and they hold. But like, that's what grace is. When we've upset people and they hold back, they're not just flying off the handle. There's a grace for, for those things. But God gives, God gives us so much grace. You can say that there's no right and wrong in life, but I don't think any of us really believe that, do we? We shouldn't judge each other. We know we shouldn't, but we do. And I think we all also know that deep down there's a standard and I think also maybe even a little bit deeper down we know that we've missed it that we don't measure up I don't think any of us would believe that we're perfect not even Zlatan Ibrahimovic will believe that he's perfect he's he's pretty close we know that we're not perfect I think we know that we need forgiveness but maybe we're looking at it in, in the wrong areas maybe you don't think that but let me ask you, if you're sitting here this afternoon, and I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but I'm, I'm going to assume that most of us are going to would internally put in our hands up, yeah? Is that if you're sitting here and you've, you've made at least one, you've got one regret in your life, at least one, you know, many, uh, <laughs> you're still haunted by a wrong decision that you've made, yeah, guilty. You've, you're still haunted by something you said to someone that you wish you hadn't, guilty. It, it affects us all. We've all done it. We all need that grace that grace and forgiveness that only God, God Almighty, can give us it. We don't deserve it, but God gives us anyway. He gives us it anyway, because that's grace. The Bible, it talks about Mary and Jesus in, in, the, in the Gospels in Matthew, and it says this about Mary, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is what he does. This is what Jesus does. This is the Christmas message. It's not just a baby in a manger. You know, I love the clip from Talladega Nights that I kind of asked to cheekily to go into the video. Dear eight pound, four ounce, sweet little baby Jesus. Because if you know the film, they're like, they, he prefers to pray to the baby Jesus or the adult Jesus. And it's a bit silly, but um, he's not just a baby in a manger. What Jesus is, is God's gift to humanity. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given. Continuing the passage from, from 1 John, it says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You know, it's a good thing that the Christmas story, it doesn't begin with us. It doesn't begin with us starting to think about Christmas shopping, starting to think about getting the decorations up with me, what do I want for Christmas? 
it doesn't even start with our spirituality if you're a Christian or, or even if you're not a Christian but you're thinking first I've got to do a great job in loving God and being good to God and, 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 and just being a, a good person a holy person and then I'll get that Christmas do you know was God's idea not our idea love starts with God not with us God is love and that's a good thing because we've all done we all know that we've not done enough to measure up to a perfect God we're not amazing even the best of us we're all amazing in our own thing everyone's a genius in some area many of us unfortunately don't find it but I think I'm getting a um, with a driving cars with hands I've got a little hand control on my car now I've never not killed anyone two days driving it's going really well uh, but we're not amazing God's amazing it isn't really about what we can do to try and impress God it's about him coming down to reach into our world. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 11, it says, it says, who can understand the mind of God? And sometimes it's real difficult to understand what he did. They think, you see, well, I don't understand. Why would God do this? What, why? Why, why, why? I don't get it. And even like, this is a bit of a weird thing, picking this town in, in the Middle East and, and, and why would he do it there? And, and, you know, so many questions. But we can't understand God because he's God. He's, he's bigger than, than all of us. And sometimes it's so difficult to understand the Christmas story because we've complicated it so much as well. We've added everything onto the side. It's like us thinking of like a boat that would float on its own and then we put all these extra bits on it and pimp it all up and start to sink because it was never supposed to have all this stuff on it. It's just a boat. Like, um, no, it's a really bad illustration. It's just come to my mind now, so I apologise. It's not landed, but... And um, yeah, but we've complicated so much of what it's about. We can't see what it, what it was what it was supposed to be. Christianity, did you know? Christianity is not a religion; it's a relationship, and that is what we celebrate at Christmas: Emmanuel, God with us. Who's glad to know that God's with us this morning? That God's on your side. The Bible says, "If God is for us, then who can be against us?" Going back to that Bible passage there, it says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And, emphasizing that second time round, sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. If we don't have love, what happens is we become bitter and we become sour. And we all need love. We all need love. And that is, we all need, we, everyone loves being loved. We feel in love. We all love to feel the love, like to give it. Grace is the same. If we don't have grace, you won't sleep at night. <laughs> you won't have a clear conscience. And we all need that too. You know, Jesus, he wasn't just a baby. He grew up into a man. And that man willingly became our sacrifice so that he could take the blame for everything that we had done wrong. Not just at the time, but for forever. So that we could be free from it. That there's no guilt, there's no shame. That when we come to, to, to Christ, we repent of our sins and and he, carry, he carries the weight of it. The third point is this, is family. The family. Just the three of them. We live in a world that, that tries to pull families apart. Not just, you know, I live two hours drive from my parents. It's not just geography sometimes in what's involved, but, but also relationally. And God loves family. And this simple scene of just mum, dad and child family 
Family is an essential part of our lives. And maybe today you need to speak to someone in your family. There's a situation that needs resolving. I don't know. Not, not thinking of anyone. <laughs> but you don't want to. But you know that you need to. And you need to take that first step. Because this is the season to do it after all. God wants us to live in the family. He, he doesn't want us to be alone. The Bible says it's not good that man should be alone. And when we talk family, it's not just got to be your blood family. Either and everyone's going, thanks, good, yes. <laughs> um, because we don't always, you know, distance and stuff. We don't always get on with our family necessarily. You can be blood, but you don't get on with them, not be crying at at all. But be part of God's family, the church. The church, you know, church is not the building. The church is the people. We are the church. And we all need community. And in global, we're big, big, big on community because we know just how important it is and I said before on Friday night we launched our Clifton church plant down at the rugby club on the Shipton Road there and it was, and it was brilliant Woo! come on and our aim is to have churches like that not just in Clifton but all over the city in Hereth in Fulford in Holgate my autocorrect has changed it to Colgate wherever that is we want to be in the community. And we know what, as a church, we're known in the community. We're known in York. We're known throughout. Last night in London, it's the same model there, communities. We started in this, this area called Battersea, which is a, a really, really nice area just on the south side of the river, west London. And piece by piece, almost like if you watch the election results, those little constituencies all going blue. Um, that's what our church networks are going to be like. We can see them all just adding. Yeah. The jigsaw is going to come together. There's Battersea, then there's, um, I can't think of Islington, and there's Camden, and then there's, the, and, and there's York, and there's Fulford, and there's Heslington, and then there's Haxby, and then there's Newcastle, and then there's Edinburgh. And it's all just going to come together, but through community. We're really, really big on community because community is an important thing. In Africa, around the world, it's a big, big vision, but we believe that our God is bigger. And we know that there are people everywhere who like a church like this. We know that we're not for everyone. No, no you can't pretend you can't be for everyone and, and be successful. But we are for others, people that will get it and will love what we're doing. I, mean, I love the Minster. You go to the, the Nine Lessons and Cows at the Minster, it is phenomenal. Like, why would we try and do that here? Because we're not geared up. We, we haven't got little choir boys going, wanting royal, you know, like all that, and it's all candlelit, and like, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's the same God, but it's just how we do it is different. Yeah. And some people love that, and some people love this. And I, I, I prefer this, but I like that. But we're not having a go, but it's just, we're doing the same thing here. We are different. We're not for everyone, but we are for someone. And we need to be together, and we build big on the community of the church. None of us can do life alone. That's why we do dinner parties every week. We want people to be part of a dinner party where you can come together with, with friends. You can make friends, not just people that like, it's not like, like school where you're putting like, this is your set. Um, you're going to be in set one, set two, whatever, like, and group together. It's like where people actually can learn to, to journey together and, and bring friends into that mix as well. Psalm 68 says, God sets the lonely into families. And Christmas is all about family. It's actually an invitation be in a family, to join God's family. And I want to ask you today, will you accept that invitation? Join God's family today, if you haven't already. My final point is this, purpose. We all need purpose in life. 
We know, do you know what purpose is? It's bigger than our jobs and bigger than our wages. We're made for so much more than that. What we do shouldn't define who we are. Not wholly. It's part of us, but not all of it. But so often it can do. I always think you go on the quiz shows. This is Tom. He works for the government, and he's from York. This is what they do. This is how, so when you meet people. And what do you, and, you know, they always talk about the queen going along. And what do you do? It's that thing that it defines us more than we think it should. It's part of us, but it's not all of it. The purpose that we all look for is with Jesus. We find our purpose when we're in relationship with him and we shine his light into the world, telling people about him, telling people that they can experience, like we have, unconditional love, grace, forgiveness, salvation, that they can become a part of God's family that stretches across the world. You know, there's billions and billions of people that are part of God's family. It's not just part of a, a, a church in York called Global. It's the Christian movement right across the world. We're just a key part of it. They're the best part of it. Other churches are available, but they're not as good. We find our purpose for life. There is no greater purpose than sharing the message of Jesus and good news with other people so that we can all be free. We want every single person, every single person, even the people that you really don't like, even that person that cut you up on the way here, even that person that jumped in front of you in a queue, even that person that, that like just stared at you because you st- if you wait for the train and you stood in their place on the platform because you get that sort of thing when you're commuting. All those people, these small little things, every single person to be free and to know that they've got a God that loves them unconditionally. It doesn't matter about what you do. The purpose is why you do it. Christmas, just as I finish, it doesn't need to be complicated. It is, as I called this talk, simply Jesus. It's not about all the add-ons. Great as they are, I'm not decrying nativities or having a good time or anything like that. But we need to know the reason for the season, and it's Jesus. It's about entering into that relationship, and you can know his love, you can know his grace, and enter into God's family today. You can start to find your purpose. It's a journey. This is just day one. You've got the rest of your life. We're all on a journey. We're all on that journey of figuring it out. None of us have got there. But we're all on that journey. But I want to repeat that question, that invitation to you this afternoon. Just as we finish, will you accept that invitation to join God's family this afternoon? Because he wants you to join it. But do you know what? He's a gentleman. He's not going to hound you. He wants you to come to him. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.